I want me some glory hope. Football Glory Hole Podcast. We can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, YouTube, or on iHeartRadio. We thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Stevens, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? Alright, alright. Woo, Bo Stevens, I am four beers in, and in honor of that four and one NFL Sunday we dropped last week. Uh we'll I will have to, however, pour out the fifth beer to pay respects to the uh, week one sports death of that sorry, no good quarterback, Tom Brady. Man, <laughs> is he worthless. But calm down, people. I'm obviously joking. I would never, ever pour out a cold beer. Now, whether you are here for the funny. It's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun, and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn spiles. You'll be whistling symphony doo out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. I've got two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up for those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> we will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we will make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, since we are that good and people do love us, we have an additional YouTube show in collaboration with 105.3 The Fan in Dallas called The Degenerate with world-famous R.J. Choppy. Murray and against Zana, left side, swings this one, Holloway for three, and I set fire to the rain, watch it pour as I touch your face. Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast, Bo Cephas, as always, here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing, and right now, it's everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, fucking disgusting cold beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight, I am drinking an accused amber lager. It is by Legal Draft Beer Company in Arlington, Mm. Texas, home of those Dallas Cowboys. And much like the cows in week one, this beer is just very disappointing. Uh, <laughs> I rated sure. it a two out of five on my beer app. But the name Accused just kind of reminded me of the time 
where you accused me of pissing my own pants. Oh. And just to set the story up for everybody, uh, Longhorn mm-hmm. and I have done a lot of traveling over our years together, and we were in some city, I don't even fucking remember where, and you know, we did a little bit of drinking, and we went back to the hotel room, we got one <laughs> hotel room, but two beds, calm down ladies, it's not that serious. Yeah. Uh, but then You're, when I woke up in the morning, <laughs> I woke up in the morning, my pants were on the floor, which, first of all, I don't know why I was sleeping with no pants. Uh, but I will pull the curtain back a little bit for you guys. Longhorn is a very persuasive man when mm-hmm. he wants to be. Very. Now, I'm not saying anything happened, and I don't remember anything, but I did wake up pantsless. But I went to put on my pants, and somebody had pissed all in them. Somebody? Who? Somebody had. I mean. And I woke you up. I was like, hey, man, who <laughs> pissed in my pants? And you immediately accused me yeah. of pissing it- in my own pants, which, first of all, that makes zero sense. Secondly, my underwear was completely dry. Yeah. The au- so even, the audacity. even after presenting that evidence to you, you still, to this day, have not relented in your accusation that I pissed in my own pants. Yeah. I'm not going to. I mean, it's, we we didn't call in like a uh, crime scene unit or anything. There, was no, <laughs> there were no investigators on the scene. But, I mean. Based on the evidence, I think it's pretty clear that your pee-pee-in-the-pants problem struck again. Yeah, well, you got no actual proof of that, and I will never admit to it. All right, boys and girls, we're going to get on the podcast tonight. We're going to give out those free picks. We're going to go and bring back the good, the bad, and the are you fucking kidding me, and then we're going to give you all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby. But right now, it's time to get you paid with that college free pick of the week. And this week, that pick is going to be Louisville versus Miami in the under 64.5. Longhorn, since 2015, these two teams have combined for a 51% to the under in all games. But the biggest rub here is Miami, in that same time period, is the 17th worst team in the country in that span of hitting an over percentage at 40.6. They get even worse in conference. They only hit the over 38.5% of the time. And we all know it's because they are a national brand. They get bet nationally, and people most like almost always bet the over. Uh, and then you don't think you can get any worse than thirteen or thirty-eight point five when they play against ranked teams since two thousand fifteen. They hit the over at thirty-one point two percent. That is horrible. Add all this up with the fact they're a top five delta on our board, and it's the under all day, baby. Louisville, Miami, under sixty-four and a half. Your college free pick of the week. I like it. And now that you got you guys paid, we got to get paid. And to do that, we got to talk about our sponsor. And our sponsor this week is BetAnySports.eu. I said BetAnySports.eu. It is the only place to go for online gambling. All sports like the name suggests. If you want to bet that I'll be found guilty or innocent on pissing my own pants, they got Oz that too, baby. They got poker. They got full casino games. Guilty. They advertise reduced juice minus 105 in most situations. They advertise same-day payouts. They welcome Bitcoin. They have the widest selections of props, parlays, and teasers on the internet. People, go to betanysports.eu, put in code word GloryHole, get a 35% sign-up bonus today. What does that mean? It means you deposit $1,000, you get back $1,350. You take their free money with our picks. You win money on top of money on top of fucking money, baby. It's betanysports.eu, code word GloryHole. I said one more time, betanysports.eu, code word GloryHole. And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. 
That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? Alright boys and girls, we know you've been waiting on this segment to come back and it is time for it. It's the time when we tell on ourselves how good we are, how bad we are, and what the fuck just happened. So we're going to start with the good as always, and the good last week, Longhorn, was fucking us! Yeah. Five and four in the week with that four and one you mentioned, the NFL just sizzling off that first week, baby. Yeah, that, man, we needed that four and one and, and you know... I'll get into this a little bit later when we go over the games, but just stupid. I'm stupid. You're stupid. We're all stupid for taking Tampa Bay. Should have known better. Should have been a 5-0. and Shame on us. Man, it's like you're reading off my notes as we're going to the bad, and the bad was our only loss in the NFL. We should have been 5-0. and mm. It was Tampa Bay, and God damn it, we ignored our own theme yep. of continuity, yep. and we got drunk off that TB12 avocado wine. What the fuck happened? Yeah. What? Well, I- I mean, I didn't get drunk off his uh, his uh, penis juice wine. All I all I did was get <laughs> all I did was get blinded by his six rings. Like they were just they were blinding me, and I couldn't see my own notes of "Hey, dummy, stick to continuity, you dumbass." So that's why we went four one. My bad. Yep. All right, moving on to the are you fucking kidding me of the week? And this week we've got a doubleheader, boys and girls. We lost on Syracuse plus 23 because of a missed 29-yard field goal. But we did nail the under, which isn't really hard to do if you can't make a 29-yard <laughs> fucking field goal. Kicking's hard, man. God damn, we hate kickers. And then last night, of course, we had the Browns minus six. I don't know, they're only up double digits for the majority of the fucking game. Yeah. And they've got the ball in about the 22 they're going in either for the touchdown to go up 19 or kick the field goal, go up 15, seal the minus six victory. It's church time. And Baker, Baker, the fucking dumbass throw maker, <laughs> throws an absolute awful pick down to the middle of the field, just forced the ball for no fucking reason at all. And he gives the already superior quarterback in Joe Burrow a chance to come back and backdoor us. And like a fucking hooker on a Friday night, he sure the fuck did. Yeah, I'm working on a uh, a new nickname for Burrow. It's going to be Backdoor Burrow. Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to be allowed by the LGBTQ elemental P community. Uh, (laughs) I'm still waiting for the the, uh, thumbs up from that community. But if they allow it, it is going to be Backdoor Burrow. He is 2-0 in his first two games, depending on what you got the Cincinnati game at last week. Some people got it 3.5, so... 2-0 Two and zero on the back door last, and hell, last week he, you know, wasn't for that call against AJ Green. He would have straight up won that game. So backdoor Burrow waiting on the <laughs> to uh, approve that. <laughs> all right, boys and girls, it is the time you've all been waiting for. It's time for us to tell you about all the wins that are coming in the air tonight, baby.
and Longhorn. We're going to start up there with those goddamn dirty Eagles. They were a pick em this morning. They're now one-point consensus favorites. They are hosting those L.A. Rams. Yep, and before we get there, uh, just quick point of uh, business to get over uh, before we start with the handicaps. I forgot to mention, I do apologize to all the listeners uh, to not mention it last week, but going forward, anytime, <clears throat> now I guess this is more for the premium picks listeners, but anytime we pick an underdog and it's a premium pick, or even if we pick an underdog, it's a free pick because it comes from our premium list, the rule of thumb is going to be we want you to put 10% unit on the money line for that underdog pick. So, and the reason the reason for that is just real obvious. I mean, we're going to hit so many underdogs that straight up win uh, through the course of the season that you're going to be able to cash in multiple units on the positive side over the course of the year by doing that. And and to that point, last week, my bad for not telling you because three of our underdog picks, Jacksonville, Los Angeles Rams, and what uh, what was the other one I'm missing? Our underdog that that straight up won. The Washington football team. Yeah, the Washington skins that are red. They All three, if you sprinkled 10% of a unit on uh, the money line for them to, to win, you'd have you'd picked up another extra two units. So my bad for not telling you that week, uh, about that last week. Do that going forward. Anytime you pick an underdog uh, on, the, on the pick, sprinkle a 10% unit on the money line. So um, with that said, the theme of the week this week is going to be overreaction and bounce back. Overreaction and bounce back. And I swear to God, Bocephus, if I don't stick to that, you call me out so we don't make any fuck-up mistakes like we did last week. So what was the game again you're starting with? Philadelphia hosting the Rams now a consensus one-point favorite. <laughs> you couldn't have picked a better game to start with. Okay, this is the perfect double bounce theory game. Um you know, if this if this handicap goes wrong, then I'll print it out and wipe my ass with it, I guess. But LA is coming off <laughs> coming off of a, a high uh, with a win at home against Dallas. They're going west to east, early start, and then on the flip side, you got Philly coming off the most embarrassing road loss of, of Week One. Uh, Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders are set to come back, and I do look for a different Philly team on Sunday than we saw last Sunday. Let's not forget that Philly was up seventeen nothing versus. Uh, the Washington last week and only allowed 230 yards, 230 plus yards for the entire game. Um, Wentz does need to get his shit back together because after that, after that 17-0 lead and he he got that first interception, he he looked shook. Um, but I do love the 0-1 home team versus the 1-0 road team. Uh, one one last point here, and I'll throw it to you, Bocephus. Goff was only pressured seven times last week versus Dallas, but his passer rating on those seven dropbacks, Bocephus. Zero. So I got to lean here to Philly. What do you got? Yeah, man, I got to lean with you. Uh, and to me, handicapping this game, not only those, but then looking at just the sheer numbers. So if you look at the look-ahead line at this game uh, preseason, it was the Rams plus four and a half on this game. So now there, there was a pick them earlier. Now it's minus one. So you're talking about three and a half points swing there with yeah. one week of data now if you take that back to that might not seem too bad but you take it back to last week if they're three and a half point swing on this game so if you took it played the six point game that means it'd be a five point favorite at home right now and last week they were a three point dog to the cowboys yeah right so yeah. open i think it settled it too but still the three points you're talking about a team so that would make the cowboys basically eight points better than philadelphia 
Like, that doesn't pass the smell test at all. This is way too big of a correction. 100% agree with you. And then the 0 and 1 thing. So one big stat on that uh, that RJ gave out this morning on the Degenerate was if your your chances of going to the playoffs are 40% if you're 1 and 1. If you drop to 0 and 2, those chances drop all the way to 12%. Yeah. It's such a precipitous drop that these teams know they absolutely cannot start out 0-2. With it being minus one, it's just it's basically like a pick em. They just got to win the fucking game, and I think they do. Yep. All right, moving on. We go to Tampa, those Tampa goddamn Brady Buccaneers. And they're hosting the shitty-ass Carolina Panthers, and they are eight-and-a-half-point consensus home favorites. Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth on this game, but I'll see this throughout the week. Uh, can't really make up my mind, which happens often, which always, always points me to the stay away uh, situation. Um, Tom Brady obviously didn't play as bad as the narrative um, that, that was put out there. Had a couple bad throws. Maybe one was his fault. Maybe, maybe, the, uh, maybe it wasn't. The pick six clearly was, so he needs to clean that up. Carolina defense um, obviously is going to struggle all year long. I believe they have eight new stars on defense, which they needed because they sucked last year, but they're going to suck this year for a long time too. It's a bunch of, you know, first and second year starters and a new, new staff and all that. Um, however, the, the Tampa Bay defense did not play as bad as the narrative either, only allowing um, 230 yards of offense to uh, New Orleans and also shutting down Michael Thomas, which I don't think I've ever seen that happen. By the way, that Carlton Davis kid, cornerback for Tampa, look, look for him to be the, uh, one of the next rising stars in the NFL. That dude is that dude. That dude is awesome. Um, C Mac last year had two of his lowest performance uh, games versus Tampa Bay. You know, as far as fantasy and his you know total yards and all that stuff. So it's just an overall bad matchup for Carolina. Tampa Bay is going to be ready to show off what they re- what they really are. Desperate need of a win here. I lean at Tampa Bay. That number is huge, so it does scare me off of it um, a bit, but. <sighs> You got anything over there that can sway anybody? Because to me, this is a. I can see it going both ways, which tells me to stay the fuck away. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Same kind of theory of Philadelphia. Tampa Bay knows they have to win this game, and they absolutely do. Not only is it their second straight divisional game, but it's the worst team in the division. You right. have to take care of business on that game, or you're not going to make the playoffs anyway. So, yeah, they definitely win. I just don't like the number. It's just such a dead number at eight and a half that I just don't see any value there. They could easily cover that, or they could, you know, yeah. fuck off like like uh, Cincy did, and or like uh, Cleveland didn't get backdoored. But it, I would have to lean Tampa Bay, but yeah, I don't feel good about laying money down on it. All right, all right, moving on. Pittsburgh is minus seven, hosting those Denver Broncos. All right, we have my notes are all out of order compared to yours, so let's see where I put that son of a bitch at. <clears throat> Still haven't found it. Maybe did I do a write up on this one? Okay, here it is. Here it is. Okay, um, all right. So this is a normal just auto play. Turn it in. You said seven and a half is consensus. Uh, actually, seven right now. Ooh. Okay, that's getting closer. So it, it was a seven and a half for most of the week. And that's norm, normally a auto play muscle memory. Put in Denver uh, getting over a touchdown. This feels like a little bit of a trap game to me by Vegas. I feel like I feel like Vegas is just begging you to take Denver in this game, um, knowing damn well that they that they uh, that what the outcome is going to be. Um, Locke has never <laughs> faced what he's about to face 
come Sunday, and, and it ain't going to be pretty. Uh, A.J. Boye, cornerback for Denver, is out. Philip Lindsay, running back for Denver, is out. This could absolutely get ugly real quick. Um, probably not rushing to the window to lay these, this amount of points, although I am interested at that seven, and certainly if it gets down to six and a half, I've, that'll, that'll change that completely for me. Um, one last point I'll throw it to you. This is a absolute smash teaser leg play for me. If you can tease down Pittsburgh to that minus one, um, that's, that's certainly going to be a possibility for me. So look for that on the Sunday quick hit. Other than that, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you. Vegas is really just begging you to take that seven. It's at seven and a half at Bet, uh, Bet MGM right now online, but other than that, it's pretty much seven across the board everywhere else, and I think they're just they're begging you to do it, and uh, I'm not going to do it. If I had to, I'd, I would definitely lay the seven, but I hate laying seven points. Right. I got to six and a half, which I don't think it will, being as it's still out there at seven and a half. It would take some sort of – uh, injury for Pittsburgh or some sort of information to come through in the next two days, I don't think it's going to happen. So I would lean Pittsburgh, but I would not uh, be rushing to lay seven points either. All right, moving on. Those Dallas Cowboys are at home, and they are now minus four hosting the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, talk about another game that I'm kind of kind of back and forth on all week. Um, this game falls halfway into the bounce back theory, um, obviously with Dallas needing desperately needing a um, a win to stay in that race in the NFC East, but you know also Atlanta needs a win too, so it's only halfway with the bounce back theory. Um, I do look for Dallas to actually win this game uh, and and getting that win column after that loss to LA last week. The problem I'm seeing in this one is Atlanta. You know, Atlanta is. They're not good on defense, clearly. I mean, it's only one game, but we saw that last year, too. But they are, without a doubt, a high-powered offense. And, you know, a lot of that was junk yardage and junk points last week, and that is a fair point. But over through, throughout the years, this has been a good Atlanta offense, and they are absolutely loaded with talent on that offense. So even though it didn't get started until late last week against Seattle, I don't discredit the fact that they did get it going. I mean, let's not forget, we don't have a preseason. Uh, you know, it was, it was – you know, limited camp. So just because it didn't start until later in the game doesn't mean they don't have that firepower. They could come out and just jump people with that offensive talent they they do have. Like I did mention before, Dallas only pressured Goff seven times last week. And if you only pressure Matt Ryan in this offense seven times, that's going to be a huge problem for the Dallas defense. Um, one quick analytic, analytical point, and then I'll throw it to you. Um, Dallas only ran play action – 24% of their dropbacks last week, which is in a, which was in the bottom quarter of the league, and they only had pre-snap motion, 4% of their plays, which was bottom five in the league last week. So all that talk in the offseason, all that talk about leading up to, to week one, about the heavy analytics uh, from from uh, Coach McCarthy and how he was going to reinvent this thing and, and do all that. Well, it didn't. It didn't happen in week one. I'm not sure how, how they're going to do that going forward. That's something we need to watch and see, but – Man, I'm struggling with the lean on this game. Help me out, Belsevis. Yeah, I thought uh, I thought they sent Garrett to New York. That's what I thought. <laughs> I mean, when you watch the game, it looked like he was still over there clapping on the sideline <laughs> where the offense was going. I hear you. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned the high-powered offense. Obviously, I mean, the total on this game right now is a consensus fifty-three and a half points. Up from now, like fifty-one, right? That, Dallas scored how many last week? 
Uh, I believe that was 17. a a whopping 17. Yeah, 17 points, but now all of a sudden the total's 53 and a half. So obviously, Vegas is expecting Dallas to have a good showing on offense, and they know, like you said, Atlanta's going to have a good showing offense. Trash time or not, they're going to score the football because that's what they do. Yeah. However, one very very telling trend on Atlanta. And it's a lot to do with you with what you just said with the trash time and their defense not being good and them getting the shootouts even with this high-powered offense. In the last 17 games, where the total is over four equal to or over 49 and a half, which again this is 53 and a half. In the last 17 games over the last three seasons, so the same core players, they are three and fourteen against the spread. So that tells you right there when they get into these high-powered games, they get into the Which team is? Which team Atlanta. is? Oh, wow. 3-14. and 14. So they will get into the shootouts. They don't cover the shootouts. The only thing that has me hesitating at all about this game, to be honest with you, is just the shitty number of four. Like, it's just mm-hmm. a dead fucking number. And I don't I know. Would... I mean, I know it's the market, but, like, it's goddamn, that's just such a dead number. It, injuries with Dallas are concerning, though, man. Like, they're, they're stacking up, and... Ugh. I don't. I don't want to be in a position where Dallas has a you know ten point lead and Atlanta's got the ball to just backdoor the fuck out of this with that offense. I just, yeah, it's worrisome. Yes, that's why I, I hate the number. Like yep. if the number was three, I'd feel a lot better, obviously. But four is four is just such a dead number to me, and it's even at four and a half at William Hill and at DraftKings and sorry and Station. So it's actually trending towards four Man. and a half. So. I, I don't know. Dallas. I mean, I, I I think again, Dallas being zero and one, they are the better football team. They're they're going to be a playoff team. Atlanta, we both said they would not be a playoff team this year. We're sticking to our guns, obviously. Uh, I so want to see. I you say. I mean, I know Dallas's win total was you know nine and a half or whatever it ended up being. Uh, I want to see. I want to see how these two teams respond in this game. In this game, and which way these two seasons are going to go. I'm not convinced that that Dallas is for sure a lock to win this game. I'm not. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't lay it either way just because, like I said, Atlanta, that trend is, is – that's a three-year trend in 17-game sample size, and they play the same way all the time. So Yeah. That's that's what's holding me back on, on that side of it. All right, moving on. Those New York J-E-T-S are at home, and they are – Seven-point underdogs at home to the 0-1. I mean, just shitty all of a sudden San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Hey, right. uh, all apologies to our good buddy Dom, 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 but hello, Corner <laughs> TV game. You couldn't pay me to put this fucking game on on one of my TVs. I would, you, Seriously, you would – no, I'm not putting it on. Uh, Kittle is ruled out, which – which begs the question, who the hell, literally, who can score a touchdown on either one of these teams? I ask you, just quick break from our handicap, Bo Sivas, who can score a touchdown in this game for either team? Uh, the 49ers have a white guy that plays fullback. He's got a long last name. Mm-hmm. He seems to be pretty good. Let's go with him. Let's go, let's, let's go with him. Uh, put put. Any money you want to put on this game, put it on him to score the first touchdown and cash that ticket. So, other than that, the first one, <laughs> the first one to ten wins this game. Uh, I, I just, I sincerely, I don't know how anybody scores in this game. 
Um, initially, I was on the Jets because at that at that big number at home, and, and you know it's, it's the whole same old scenario: West Coast to East Coast, all that all that stuff applies here. So it should be a smash spot. But I I can't do it with with this Jets team because I don't know how they're going to score either, and I don't want to get fucked out of a win on a on a thirteen to three San Francisco win. It just, I, I just can't do it. So if anything, I'm, I, I've got to lean to the under here. <clears throat> uh, and when I was going over this, it kind of reminds me. Um, you remember that game last year where we had the um, the Redskins like plus was it plus ten and a half, and, yeah. and they were at home and they played San Francisco and San Francisco came in and beat them like ten to nothing and we won a game where our team didn't even score a point. Yeah, I was yeah. actually about to bring that up. Yeah, that's that's what this game feels like to me. So, give me the under. Let me stay away from the ugly point spread. That could go either way. Force lean, I would take the points, obviously. But uh, yeah, give me the under. What do you got? Yeah, uh, I was actually about to bring up that Washington game because, and I was joking about San Francisco being bad. Obviously, it's it's kind of the theme, the overreaction theme, right? Just doing a little right. joke on the fans losing their mind, talking about them losing the game. San Francisco is still a really good football team. They're going to be a really good football team. They're in a bad spot, though, offensively. There's no oh doubt about God. that. Horrible. But I think their defense can carry them against this very inept Jets offense. I mean, the Jets have, what, Crowder? That's basically their only playmaker at this point. Bell's I, even out. Not that he was really a factor to begin I, I with. I think Crowder's out. I think I don't even know if Crowder's playing. Jesus. All right, well. <laughs> it's, it's getting bad. Again, and that, that should tell you, too, like, Vegas doesn't expect much scoring this because Kittle – was ruled out, and this line has not moved an inch, and he's their best player. So that tells you that Vegas already factored that into the line. Yeah. doesn't mean that Kittle's not worth half a point because he absolutely is. But they already factored in. They already figured he wasn't playing. At, at 40 points and 7 points, like, of course, you'd have to lean to taking the 7. But, honestly, this is one of those contrarian picks. If you made me bet it, I'd actually lay the points because, again, who is going to oh. score the ball for the Jets? And even though San Francisco won't have anybody to score the ball, their defense is so much better. And it yeah. has some dynamic playmakers that actually could probably put the ball in the end zone for them. I, I got to lean San Francisco. Yeah. All right. All right. Moving on. Miami is hosting Buffalo, the high-powered Buffalo Bills. And Buffalo is a five-and-a-half-point road favorite. Yeah, interesting game here, an interesting line. Um, Buffalo last week was one of my easiest calls of the week versus the Jets. We just, for, uh, the aforementioned Jets, lane six and a half. And, you know, even, as much as they dominated that game, it was only a 10-point win at the end of the day. Um, now, I've got Miami is two full, two full points better than the Jets as of right now in my power rankings. And on top of that, Miami is at home in the heat. So, you know, in theory, if I were to play this game, it could only be taking the points with Miami. Um, but this this is uh, – I don't – I hate the line at five and a half. It's just a dead number. I hate that. I hate going either way on, on lines like that. On on top of that, this is a lot of variance in this, in this game for me. Um, the possibility of – Buffalo winning by 10 plus or or even Miami winning this game outright in the close game neither would shock me so it's probably a stay away game for me on a force lean I would I would probably take those points though yeah I'm with you if you force me I would definitely take the points of Miami again Buffalo is just not dynamic enough like you said on offense to really even though they dominated last week they didn't I mean 10 points is is a blowout in the NFL but it should have been way more 
mean, total again is only 41. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd have to lean to Miami here as the home team to stay within that spread. Probably a backdoor situation. Uh, oh, Fitzmagic likes to do that a lot. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. If he gets out there and starts turning the ball over like an asshole, they're going to get their fucking brakes beat off. That's for sure. Yeah. All right. Moving on to those Indianapolis Colts, the 0-1 Indianapolis Colts, and they are three-point home favorite versus the 0-1 Vikings. Yeah, and both teams looked really bad last week and both are in need of a win uh both have good coaches and you know technically the line is where it should be okay so old man rivers last week threw for a bunch of yards and i'll be honest at the you know we had jacksonville last week and at the at the beginning of that game i was like oh my god this fool was just dropping dimes everywhere this is not looking good they jumped jacksonville i'm not real sure why the game plan for Indianapolis was to throw 46 times with Old Man Rivers instead of running the ball 46 times, um, and that clearly came back to bite them in the in the end. So uh, I do look for a heavy heavy dose of Jonathan Taylor this week uh, against that suspect defense for Minnesota. And it, listen, you know this this goes against a huge trend with with Zimmer. Um, coming off a loss he's like a 76 percent ats coach coming off a loss and, and i recognize that i respect that but to me to me Andy never punted last week they doubled up the yardage of their opponent and they lost the game and on top of that the quarterback they faced completed 95 percent of his fucking passes none of that is repeatable to me so i I'm, i have to lean indy here uh, i would love to give it get it under that three at two and a half i'm not sure which way this is going to go it's kind of it's kind of been stuck dead at uh at sorry there's an amber alert there on my phone apologize it's kind of been stuck dead at three all week um I, i'm gonna i'm gonna lean indy bocebus what do you got yeah i'm kind of leaning the other way i don't think it's almost like i don't know I mean, basically, basically they're saying this, these two teams are even on a neutral field is what this line is telling you. Basically. And i got to stay true to my power rankings. And I've got Minnesota the better football team. I had them the better football team going into the year. i got them the better football team coming out of the year. Like, I, I don't think Indy's going to be very good I think the, at all. I think there's a chance we've drastically overrated the Minnesota defense. And just based on the reputation of Zimmer, which I have no doubt he'll get them fixed at some point either this year or are going into next year, but they are starting so many young players. I think I think we missed the boat on that. Maybe. Possibly. Possibly. But I mean you're talking about two points of correction off of one game. And I'm just and like you said, Indy did move the ball, but it, it was against the worst team. The worst team literally in the league in Jacksonville. I know they're one and but they're still the worst team. And I, I just don't know that especially if they're going to come out with that game plan against Minnesota. And and Minnesota did. I don't know what they were doing to start the game. So I'm like, no, no, yeah. doing. I don't know what the hell Minnesota was doing either. Yeah, they were, just to, they were just waiting to get their doors blown off, which is exactly what happened. But then when they finally opened it up, they scored over, what, 30 points, right, at the end of, at the, end of the day. Yeah. I, uh, that was I mean, a, lot, a lot of trash time, like you said, with the Ryan thing. But still, they did it. And, you know, Indy, Indy's defense is not any better than Green Bay's. So, I – I don't know, man. I'd have to. I'd have to lean. I think Minnesota wins this game again. It's just one of those things where it's who do you think is going to be there in the end? And I don't believe any will be there in the end. I think Minnesota will, 
be yeah. there in the end. So I got I got to believe they're going to win this football game. I hear you. All right, moving on. Green Bay is at home hosting those Detroit Lions, and they are six and a half point home favorites. <laughs> All right, so everybody can everybody's going to get a real good kick out of Detroit losing because they were they were my you know kind of pick to click uh, this year. I did put money on them to win that division. Got like nine to one odds on it. And, you know, after week one, I've got to eat a little shit. Although I will say that <laughs> although I will say they should have won that game. Now, let's let's dive into the handicap here. Detroit only allowed 18% conversion rate on third down last week uh, against Chicago. And uh, Green Bay allowed over eight yards per play last week to Minnesota. So, like, like you just said in the, in the previous game, you know, Minnesota ate against Green Bay. They did their thing. So, I do expect – Detroit to to get some things going here on offense. Um, obviously, they did lose to, sh- to Chicago. I have to eat it, but you know that was a fake. You're fake. It's a fake loss. Okay, it's a fake <laughs> loss. And here's why. Okay, and, and I'm not just throwing it out there just to sound like like I'm like I'm smart. There's reasons they lost. Let's go over them. They lost four starters on defense in that game. Trufant, cornerback. Akuda, cornerback, Coleman, cor- cornerback, and Jamie Collins, linebacker, all got hurt or ejected. That's right, ejected in that game. If all of them play in that or just finish that game, there's no doubt they finished the blowout of Chicago that they had going. Um, and, and and just I'm not going to take I'm not going to blame it all on that because the coach dummy made a made a horrible. Uh, fourth down decision that led to the, or uh, excuse me, it was a horrible field goal decision. He he elected to kick a 55-yard field goal, which had no shot, and set up Chicago at midfield, and it led to uh, to one of their touchdowns. And then, as much as I love Stafford, I, I got I gotta say he threw a bad interception. You know, led to another one of the uh, Chicago touchdowns. But with all that said, they still had a chance at the end of the game, and it should have been the game-winning touchdown to um, the rookie out of Georgia. DeAndre Swift. So, last thing, and I'll throw it to you. Um, and I know Galladay has been ruled out of this game, I believe. So that that still hurts. But if those four players come back on defense, and we'll wait till game time to see this. This is going to be a smash spot for for Detroit catching those points. Um, Detroit last year lost twice to Green Bay to a, with a total by a total of four points. So I do love Detroit to bounce back here if. They get all or most of those defensive players back. Bocephus, what do you got? Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, just just from the pure power ratings perspective, De- Detroit's not six and a half points here as a dog. That's that's way too many points. Um, so I do I do like Detroit in this game. And like you said, they should have won last week. I mean, with all their fuck ups and everything they do to Detroit games up, Stafford made the throw. The kid dropped it. It sucks, but, you know, that's how Matt Stafford's professional life goes. But he's got a hot wife, and he's rich as fuck, so I don't real feel, feel real fucking bad mm-hmm. for the kid. Yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, Green Bay's not going to go out and score 40 points every week. No. The total is only 49.5. So, obviously, Vegas is expecting some regression there from that Green Bay offense, uh, unless they're going to win, you know, 48.5 or 49 points to nothing, which I don't think that's going to happen. So I think it's going to be a really good game. I think it's a field goal game. I think Green Bay probably does win, but I think it's it's a good old fashioned uh, division rivalry that comes down to that field goal in the end. I do like Detroit in this game. All right, 
All right, moving on. The Chicago Bears and the number one rated fourth quarter passer, Mr. Mitch Trubisky, are hosting those <laughs> New York football giants, and they are minus five and a half points. Yep. And I was going to make this my uh, Hello Corner TV game, but then I had to change it after I dug into the handicap because hit that sounder, Bo Sivas. We're going to pick those Giants to upset those sorry-ass Bears. Listen, if I'm right on this game, then New York should, if I'm right on my handicap, New York should absolutely walk away with a win here. Uh, Like I said, the Chicago win versus Detroit was complete fake news, and the loss... Uh, uh, New York's loss to Pittsburgh was was not as bad as what it may have seemed. New York had the ball down inside the uh, 10, 15 yard line with a chance to get that cover, not the win, but the cover against Pittsburgh. And that's a ferocious Pittsburgh defense. So there is zero chance, zero chance that Chicago can hold Saquon Barkley to such a historically bad performance. Uh, and I look for him to get going here against uh, the Bears. By the way, Bo Sivas, he did have, um, I believe it was, oh my God, was it 15 carries for like, do you have it? I should have wrote it down. It was it was historically bad. Just I think it was 15 carries for six yards. It was just awful. It's not going to happen again ever in his career probably. Uh, Chicago is just not that good. The stats and the roster tell me that um, they got dominated by Detroit for three quarters before the injuries and ejections set in. Um, that, that, this is this is my underdog pick to to win here this week. You can hate it if you want. You can talk me out of it if you if you like. Go ahead and try. Yeah, fifteen carries for six yards at a whopping <laughs> point four yards per carry. Not four point oh, which is you know a little bit below average in this day and in this day and age in the NFL. Point <clears throat> four. Yards per carry. Hold on, Bo Sivas, and let's not forget that he had that very explosive run for seven yards on one of those. So if you take if you take away <laughs> that explosive run of seven yards, I'm not. You're the math guy. What does that leave us with? Fourteen carries for negative one. Negative one. <laughs> so, and it's funny because I love this kid coming out and. You liked him, you were real high on him, but oh. it was so funny because I loved him because he was reminded me of Barry Sanders. And you but what did I say? Because he reminded you of Barry Sanders. What did I say? Because he has Barry had games like that. And, and I said, but he ain't Barry, like though. Do what? He's not Barry, though. He He's not Barry. I, what reminded me of Barry, nobody, first of all, nobody's ever going to be Barry. Nobody's ever going to run like that ever again. What reminded me of Barry about him is how explosive Yes, he would be, and he could just make a play that would turn a whole game. You could pretty much hold him in check, then all of a sudden, boom, there yeah. he goes. Yeah, and, and he will. He'll do that this week. Uh, the problem is he thinks he's Barry all the time, which is why he ends up with, um, you know, six yards on 15 carries. Every once in a while, you just got to fucking stick your, your fucking nose in there and get those three or four yards, man. Yeah, that being said, though, I do love this pick. Um, mm. This line is way too high. It should be Chicago about three points as the favorite. Nice. So, I like – I really, really like the Giants in this spot. Uh, Daniel Jones is starting to kind of shape up like a more poor man's Matt Ryan. Like, he can make a lot of fucking throws in the football field. Like, I know we like to hate on him, but if you watch him play, he does so many good things. And then – 
just like you talked about, down on the 12-yard line when they're about to go in for the cover. He throws just a, one of the worst interceptions you'll ever see. Like just awful. well, his just his arm awful. got hit. I mean, it was it, he didn't. Who expected Bud Dupree to come screaming in like that? But you know, besides everybody in the world. Yeah, I mean, you don't really expect the other team's best pass rusher, or <clears throat> like, maybe not bad, but him and him and uh, TJ, right? One yeah. of their two best pass rushers to get to your quarterback. I mean, nobody would expect that. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's you know. It's only fucking football, but whatever. You didn't have any money on the game, so it's all good. But yeah, I'll lean with you with the Giants. All right, just, moving on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, real quick. Just, just scanning the <clears throat> the PFF numbers from last week. Daniel Jones uh, graded out at eighty two point one, and looking over here at the top ten, he by far of the people, the quarterbacks in the top ten had the toughest defense to go against. So I look for I look for him and Saquon to get it really going this week. Uh, but yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'm just telling you, I know a lot of people like to hate on him, and I'm kind of one of them, but the kid can fucking play. He yeah. can play. All right, Tennessee is hosting my Jacksonville Jaguars and my man, the mustache, <laughs> that delivered on that goddamn win for us last week. <laughs> Woo, my boy was on fire. Those jorts were kicking after that game, baby. But Tennessee is a seven-and-a-half-point home favorite in this one. Yeah, I don't think you're gonna be. Uh, I think you're gonna have a different tune next week. Uh, I've got to be true to my power rankings here on this one and lay the points. Uh, Tennessee looked; they just looked off on Monday night, last Monday night. They looked like it was their first game of the year without a preseason. Um, and and even with that said, on the road in Denver, in the altitude, in a place historically where Denver wins those games week one, they had three missed field goals and a and a miss extra point, and that game would have looked like a uh, completely controlled by Tennessee, kind of blowout win. So, because they played down to their expectations, and Jacksonville obviously played way over their heads, I look for the bounce back here uh, to reality for both teams and a pretty comfortable win for Tennessee. Um, I will say, however, there's, you know, like your boy over there in the jorts, like he with the mustache, it's dangerous laying a big number to a guy like that. Um, you know, he, he could shit the bed and just make it an easy win, or he could do that fucking magic and uh, backdoor the fuck out of you. I do know that A.J. Brown has been ruled out for Tennessee uh, wide receivers. Um, I'm not going to downgrade that too much, honestly. They're a smash-mouth running team, and I look for them to do that heavily um, this Sunday and, and uh, get, the, get the win and get the cover. I lean Tennessee. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> now, uh, I got to lean with you. So, Tennessee and the look headline was an 11-point favorite in this game. It's down to 7.5. People, calm the fuck yeah, down. That's, Jesus. Jacksonville is not any good, and I love my boy, and I love this team, but they're about to go up there or go yeah up there to Tennessee and get their yeah. goddamn doors blown off. Like you said, Tennessee did not play a good football game last week, and they went on the road to a place that is historically death-fucking-valley no disrespect to Clemson, week one in the yeah. NFL. Like, nobody goes to Denver and wins week one. They went up there. They couldn't – their kicker, <laughs> Hall of Fame kicker, couldn't hit right. water if he fell out of a fucking boat. And they still win the game. And everybody's downgrading them or upgrading uh, Jacksonville because they beat – again, in my power rankings, in my preseason opinion, Indy was a very overrated team. I don't – there's no way they should have been nine and a half wins. So they beat a team that wasn't as good. And like you said, they played over their head. And Tennessee played very much down, yeah. and they still won a road game. They're going to go in there and blow Jacksonville's doors off. 
the only chance they don't win and cover big is my boy Gardner Minshew. And you always got to watch out for that. But at some point, you know, talent does have to win out. And like you said about Brown, doesn't bother me that much. I mean, Corey Davis is, is Tannehill's favorite target now. He's their horse. He had seven for 101 last week. Yeah. He, and then Henry Henry didn't run great, but he still had 116 yards. Like he, Even when he runs for a shitty yards per carry, he just beats you into submission eventually. Like You just don't want to hit that man anymore. <laughs> no. All right, moving on to the desert. And we got those Arizona <clears throat> dancing midgets, and they are hosting the <laughs> Washington football team, and they're seven-point home favorite. Yeah, and I'm looking to fade the fuck out of those Washington skins that are red here. Uh, let's face it, the entire football team uh, that have skins of red were awful last week, um, except except for that awesome fucking pass rush that they have. Um but they're not facing a shot offensive line and a wide receiver core who cannot separate this week like they did last week against Philly. This Arizona team has a better offensive line than the one that Philly put on the field last week anyways, and a much, much better wide receiver core. And on top of that, on top of that, um, it's just a perfect letdown spot for Washington. So I think the aggressive pass rush for Washington could end up providing some explosive plays for Kyler um, on the ground and in the air. And um, last week, Washington only... <laughs> you're going to love this stat, though, Steven. Last week, Washington only averaged 3.4 yards per play, which is... <laughs> I mean, we've been doing this a long time. I mean, that's that's an atrocious number. And, of, and get this. Of the 27 total points that Washington scored last week, they only needed 160 total yards to get them. And which is an average, which is an average of 32 yards per scoring drive, which means obviously they were they were getting set up by the defense, turnovers, whatnot. That's not going to happen again. I do look for that aggressive pass rush to open things up for Kyler. I know it's a big number, and I know that the hype may be getting too too inflated for Arizona. But because Washington's coming off that, if, if Washington would have lost that game, then I would not be picking. Arizona like this, but since they did, I look for the bounce back for Washington. Arizona to keep doing what they're doing. I like Arizona here. Yeah, I'll lean with you. And if Washington would have lost that game the way it started, this number would be gigantic. <laughs> you're right. Uh, you're right. Because they were down 17 to nothing and looking like, you know, they do every year against Philly. And then something happened and it all turned around. It's one of those things that's very hard to explain, but it is the National Football League and shit does happen. However, like you said, I think Kyler's really starting to find, as much shit as we give him, the kid's really starting to find his footing um, in kind of what he does, right? He's starting to not run to run, but more like the Russell Wilson, like run to create plays. And like you said, with that aggressive pass rush and how fast those guys get up the field, he's going to have space to maneuver. Uh, and the best thing about him is, and that was big injury concern, you know, as small as he is, and he is tiny. He, it makes me laugh so much because when he gets surrounded and he knows he's about to get sacked, he just falls down. He yeah. will literally just fall the fuck down. Like a fainting fucking goat, he'll just sit down. I've seen him literally <laughs> just sit down in and place. And it's and the funniest complain. shit I've ever seen in my life. But it's so smart. It's so smart because he knows he can't get hit. By Chase Young. He can't get hit by Ryan Kerrigan. No. If he gets hit by one of those dudes like Wentz got hit last week so many times, oh. 
He would die on the field. There'll be a death. There'll be a gurney out there. Yeah. So he and he knows that he's a very smart player. He knows how to slide. He knows how to just sit down when shit ain't going right, and he'll make a play the next one. So yeah, I love Arizona here. I like them to win by double digits. Um, you know, we locked it in at minus six and a half earlier in the week. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I I love this spot for the Cards. All right. All right. Moving on, the Houston Texans are at home. They're hosting the unstoppable Baltimore Ravens. And right now, they are seven and a half point home dogs. Yep. And uh, this is the this is the time of the show that we have to explain to everyone that the only way you win consistently in this industry is occasionally you have to take a game and take a team that make you fucking cringe when you put that money up on that counter and put that ticket in. This is the ultimate hold your fucking nose and pray for the best type game. Seven points is just honestly too much to give to a talented quarterback like Watson at home and a decent coach at, at home. You know, like we give him a lot of shit, but he's he's not great, but he's not horrible. Now, I know Baltimore is a machine and nobody wants to step in front of that freight train. And honestly, I'm not too eager to jump in front of it either. Uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. I know it's I know it's nor- that this is a muscle memory rubber stamp play to, to take Houston at home getting over the touchdown, but um, I'm scared, Bocephus. What do you got? Yeah, the only thing that really gives me confidence in this, and I'm with you, with Houston, and it's not the seven and a half, it's not the home dogs, not none of the rubber stamp shit like you said, because last week, just like you said right here on the podcast, if we wanted to rubber stamp something, we would have took Cleveland plus the eight and a half, and we said, no, no, no. Right. Fucking lay the points, it's Baltimore, right? Very contrarian here. So the rubber stamp play is the seven and a half. However, now that might be the contrarian play because everybody's scared to bet against Baltimore. But the thing that gives me confidence is going into this year, I didn't think Houston was a very good football team. Had them ranked pretty low in my power rankings. And I had Baltimore ranked really high in my power rankings. Which, I mean, that's not breaking news. But it seems like I kind of got it right on that part of it. And still with those power rankings being the the – disparity between the two Houston's still the team by the numbers so it gives me actually a lot of confidence that Houston's going to step in there and cover this spread uh, and I, I think even contend for the most part in this game and the one thing we know about Baltimore and Houston is able to do is capable of doing this if you jump out to a lead on them they will struggle they yeah. will struggle yeah now they might come back and win but they're not gonna come they're not Kansas City they're not coming back down by 10 to cover by, you know, 17. They're not fucking doing that. Yeah. So, I think Houston gets it together at home. I, I like them in the spot, plus the 7.5. I, I think I really think they give Baltimore a run for the money to try to win this football game, honestly. Well, hold your nose. Hold your motherfucking nose. All right, speaking of holding your nose, we got to go to L.A. where the Chargers are hosting the <clears throat> Kansas City Chiefs, and they are 8.5-point home dogs. Yep, take all that shit I just said and fucking throw it right out the goddamn window because that is not going to apply in this game. Uh, I know it's a division game. I know it's a division road game for Kansas City, but I want no part, no part of getting in front of that uh, freight train. Andy Reid has had an, an extended week to prepare for this game, and the injury play is just continuing to hit the Chargers. It does year after year. I don't know how this continues to happen to them. They already lost Der- uh, Derwin James before the season started. They lost Pouncey, their their amazing center. He's out for the year now. They lost 
linebacker uh, Drew, I think his first name is Drew Tranquil. He's out for the year now. I mean, just it, it, this is getting ridiculous what happens to the Chargers every year. You know, just for once, I'd like to see – I'd just like to see a Charger team that never gets injured and just see what they can do throughout the um, throughout the, the season, but never seems to happen. I saw a ridiculous cover trend for Andy Reid in the division. It was like – I think it was like 19 out of the last 22 he's covered against a spread in division. He just dominates these games. Um, on a force lean, I would definitely lay the points here. And one last thing, I'll throw it to you. <clears throat> Tyrod Taylor last week had seven yards on six rushes, um, and that's troublesome because to me because if he's lost that ability to move around and make make throws on the on the run and get and, and avoid the pass rush, that that takes him from an average quarterback to a well below average quarterback. So I'm interested to see how that is going to play out going forward. But um, I'm on KC here. What do you got? Yeah. So. Kansas City is on a six and zero run versus division opponents. ATS, yeah. like just, they just dominate, and that's that's not a shocker if you know the arc of Andy Reid's career. Like you remember his time back in Philly, he used to dominate the NFC yeah. East as well. Yeah, I mean they won division after division after division. They went to what four straight NFC Championship games. Finally got to a Super Bowl. He Andy Reid. Two things Andy Reid knows: one, how to be a huge fat ass, and number two how to draft and construct his team to do the most important thing in the National Football League, and that is win your fucking division. Yeah. Other than that, it, it's all a crapshoot anyway. If you win your division, you give your chance, as, as Parcells used to say, get in the tournament, and anything can fucking happen. So he knows what he's doing when it comes to building a team to win his division. And like you said, I want no part of stepping in front of Kansas City. It, I mean... Yeah, if I had to go to the window, I'm laying eight and a half, and never, I'm not even looking back. Like, can no you fucking ima- problem. Can you imagine that guy at a Golden Corral when he? It just, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so I, I would, I would be willing to lay a heavy amount of money <laughs> if he wasn't famous. Like, if it wasn't Andy Reid reading, eating in your Golden Corral, right, you could get right. autographs and pictures. If he was just a regular dude that walked in the door, I'd be willing to make a heavy amount of money that the manager will walk up to him and offer him double the price of the buffet to go fucking eat somewhere else. Yeah, put him on a put him on a ten plate limit, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> if it's eight ninety nine, sir, here's twenty dollars. Please go choose another yeah. fucking restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on to the Sunday night football game, and it's the Seattle Seahawks. They are hosting those New England. Patriots and Seattle yeah. is a four-point home favorite. Yeah, and this is another one of those games, both of us, where I've just gone back and forth all week and just cannot figure. Like, I, I, I've probably changed my mind three, four times. Which, uh, like I said before, that tells me stay the fuck away uh, and just just get a better feel for these both these teams. Um, even by the power rankings, to me, it suggests that this line is pretty much dead on, um, and we just don't have enough true data uh, to you know, yet this season to tell the true story about these two teams. So in this handicap, it really comes down to what do you believe in what you saw last week from either team? Um, do you believe Seattle is going to continue to be the, the team that's going to come out and let Russell throw the ball over the place? Or are they going to resort, resort back to what they did, you know, previously over the years and run, run the ball all the time? Um, 
And on the flip side, do you believe that Cam can run the ball 15 times a game and win ball games, or you know, is that going to be problematic going forward? Um, one last thing, you know, I, I, I just didn't write a whole lot on on this game, uh, honestly, because it's such a such a tough handicap for me. But uh, Russell Wilson is 22 and nine ATS in primetime games, so he is the anti Kirk Cousins. Um, uh, I, one one key matchup I can't wait to see in this game, and then I'll throw it to you, is Jamal Adams versus Cam Newton. I can they're gonna meet a lot in this game because if you've ever watched Jamal Adams, that dude's not a safety. He's a linebacker. He he'll be a, he'll be lined up a defensive end, middle linebacker. He'll be all around the box just spying on Cam Newton and waiting to blow him the fuck up. And we'll see who the better man is on that one. I can't wait to see this matchup. Yeah, uh, I'm only really interested in this game to see from what you said from the Seattle perspective because from the New England perspective, they are exactly who I thought they were going to be in the season. I probably got them rated lower than probably 80% of the people out there have no faith in this team. Yeah. And everybody's all excited about this first win. I mean, they scored, what, 19 points? Cam, to your point, ran the ball 15 times for 75 yards. That's only five yards per carry. Yuck. That's an above-average day for a running back. For a quarterback, that's pretty fucking horrible. Yeah, it's like, bad. Quarterbacks usually have you know big runs, bust that out. But he was running just like a fullback, basically. <laughs> and I, I don't see anything different. He threw for 150 yards. Like I saw exactly what I thought I was going to see, and they beat a bad team in Miami. Great. But now they're going to go play a good team in Seattle. And again... I had these teams ranked in power ranking to start the season right about where they performed going into it, right? So nothing has really changed for me. But to your point, even by my power rankings, New England being lower than most people, Seattle probably being a tick higher, maybe, it's a zero-point delta. So yeah. it's no play for me. But I'm. it's also a game that I'm not – The only my only interest is in Seattle. And to see if old man Carroll – has finally said, you know what, maybe we shouldn't run the ball for three straight downs for three straight quarters and ask fucking Russell to go put up a you know dime piece in the fourth quarter and save my old ass. <laughs> if he's done that and they made a fundamental change, I'm probably going to be way too low on the Seattle team, to be honest with you. But okay. we'll see. Yep. All right, moving on to the Monday Night Football game. It is the home opener for our Las Vegas Raiders. And there's six point dogs to the Saints. Shit. To the Saints? Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I'm not going to. Uh, this is crazy. I know you're not going to like it. But hit that sounder, Bo Cephas. I am actually picking those Las Vegas Raiders to beat those Saints. Michael Thomas is out. And let's face it, New Orleans had less than 300 yards last week versus Tampa Bay. And I wasn't. Impressed what I saw from uh, Drew Blake. Sorry, not Drew Blake. Got confused by the Blake name on his helmet in the preseason. That is clearly true, Breeze. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, New Orleans is is they're just pulling they're pulling him off the field way too often for for what I think is still an elite quarterback. Maybe they know more than me. They probably do. So maybe he's not elite anymore. Uh, now the uh, the Tampa Bay defense is much faster and much more attacking than the Las Vegas Raiders defense. So this will be a way less defense they're facing this week than they did last week. 
Um, but it is uh, it is on the road. It is at the stadium opener. It is Monday Night Football. So I do expect the most max effort from the Las Vegas Raiders is that, that they're going to get all season. Uh, and, and, and New Orleans on the road early in the season has historically been a bad spot for them. Um, you know, God dang it. I had Vegas rated so low to start the season, and here I am picking them to start the season 2-0. and So that shows you how quick things can change. But I am leaning Vegas with the points, and I am picking them to do a Monday night upset. What do you got? I love it, man. I love it. Um, I, I was probably too low on the Raiders as well. However, even starting low on them, this is one of the bigger deltas I have on a week going to going to uh, the Raiders. So, to me, watching that game, I don't know that Drew Brees can really play anymore. Like, he can make a few throws on the outside, but he powering the ball down the middle, he's yeah. not very good at it. I mean, I, thought, I saw him dirt two swing passes. You're talking about the most accurate quarterback in the history <laughs> of the NFL by the dirt. numbers. And he looked like fucking Mitch Trubisky at times. Like, honestly, he did. Except without the arm power. Yeah. And like you said, they were honestly hiding him at some points in the game. There was a third and two, a crucial third and two, during the crux of that football game, which everybody that watches football knows there's a certain crux of a game where if one team makes a play, the game's going to swing their way. And it was a third and two. Tampa was still within one score. And they pulled him off the field. And this is in their own territory. And put Taysom Hill in and ran a fucking... Some kind of quarterback sweep or whatever the fuck they did. <laughs> and he made it. But, like, third and two, and you're pulling a Hall of Fame quarterback off the field in a, in a, on a down that you need in a part of the game that you absolutely have to have. That really told me all I needed to know at that point. I think they're going to try to nurse him through as long as they can. But, man, to be honest with you, I would not be shocked. I would not be shocked if Drew Brees did not finish this season as a starting quarterback for the Saints. I would yeah. not be shocked. Yeah, I, I hear you. He looks bad. All right, boys and girls, that was all the wins coming in the air tonight, baby! All right, boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for that free I said free Pick of the week, baby. All right. I guess we're giving out just free picks all over the place on this podcast. Uh, our <laughs> NFL free pick of the week is going to be Philly at home getting that win. Bo Cephas, what can I put that number out at? What's consensus here? Minus one. All right. Let's put it out. Five, Philly, minus one against those Rams. That is your NFL free pick of the week. And let's not forget that money line parlay of the week. And I put together a doozy for you this week. We have four noon games and in one monday night game is going to be the new york giants philly dallas and indy all at noon and then and then tag that up with las vegas las vegas on the money line on monday night you have two landmines two landmines in this five game money line parlay it is the giants at noon and it is the vegas raiders on monday night if you can if we can get past those two landmines this Moneyline parlay pays 32 to 1. Sprinkle a 10% unit on it. And let's let's do the money dance. 
God damn. Sounds good, baby. Why don't you tell about that fabulous website where they get all these picks at? All right, you Glory Hole Seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. Hit us up on any of our social medias, and don't forget to subscribe to both our YouTube channels, The Football Glory Hole and The Degenerate with RJ Choppy. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our YouTube quick hits so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both Cephas as always in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take a sample.